Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour, your host, Future of Sport, All in Sports Talk Network. This will be episode 27, no, episode 37. Um, I'm delighted today, uh, as I've said in my preface to today's show, unique, dedicated, uh, very uh, interactive with... Dr. Paul Blakey, course leader on the International MSc program at the University of Worcester. And Paul has just come back from a, a very exciting trip, a trip that was partly developed through our conferences and lots of the connections we've made um, with USF Vinic program, Sport and Entertainment Management at the University of South Florida in Tampa. So, Paul, perhaps you could begin by just telling us why the study trip and why go out to, to, to Tampa as you've just done. Yeah, hello, Alan. Um, a truly fantastic week in, in Tampa, Florida, for the students uh, studying on the MSc Intersport International Football Management Program at the University of Worcester, as, as you, you suggested there. I think the, the real purpose of the trip was to, to really genuinely compare and contrast the provision and management of sports beyond the UK. So with international being in the title, an international study trip really does ensure that that dimension is brought to the programme, providing also a cross-cultural experience for all of the students. So I think, and, and, and uh, I've done this previously, uh, a previous university that I worked at developed a, a study trip, uh, an overseas study trip, and it really adds a, a different dimension to the programme, as I've suggested. But in particular, it's one of those rememberable experiences. And I know that the students that were with me in, uh, in Florida will, will never forget the experience that they've had. It's a working trip. It's a, it's a trip that has great experiences, watching sport, looking behind some of the facilities, and therefore bringing all those experiences back. Something that's rememberable, but also something that they can use in their future careers that's... Uh, will be upon them um, in the very near future. Do you know what, Paul? And, and it's so... I'm, I, mean, I mean, we're almost as one now, and I've been for a couple of years now, and it's really great. And, and, and I was very sad that I couldn't make, for logistic reasons, the trip with you this time. But having been out there myself on, on numerous occasions and knowing the party and knowing your students and knowing everything that you've said, I think one, one point that I'd really, really pick up on and you emphasised it, and I think this is a great almost, it's got to be a teaching point, but obviously we're in conversation here using, uh, using media and, uh, and using technology to have um, the Skype interview, which will then be uploaded as, as, as a radio podcast uh, for, for, for many of our fraternities, as it were, and the sport business communities to listen into. But you said they were studying and I think the study aspect of this and the opportunity to be part of, you know, a whole experience internationally, as you've said, is absolutely crucial. This is no easy ride. You know, sport business is 24-7. And I know you've experienced that, as we both have uh, throughout our careers. So perhaps you can tell us a little bit about how, what kind of students were on this course, perhaps what were their expectations, and how did some of the activities measure up to that? And how do you think they coped, or coped, probably strong, uh, probably not quite the right way, how did they, you know, kind of experience and embrace this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? 
you know, that, that's a good point, Alan, because um, there were students on the on the trip that have got very different backgrounds. So one student in particular who actually undertook their um, undergraduate studies in the US on a tennis scholarship and has, has, has come back to the UK now on this particular programme. So for him, it's probably a, a you know a, a different experience already knowing some of the comparisons between the US and the UK from a sport uh, industry perspective. But going back and looking at you know particular case studies, particular examples through the through a different lens, a lens that is now focused very much on um, you know pursuing a career within the sport industry, as I said earlier, in the very near future, and therefore is looking at the way that. U.S. sport in particular is developed, and some of those uh, key elements that he saw can bring back to the U.K. and can can then, you know, question the way that um, sport in the U- in the U.K. is currently operating and can potentially then be a real resource for um, businesses, um, you know, close to home in the U.K. in different sectors of, of, of the sport industry. So. So one example there, another another student in particular, student with a, a different background, coming over to the UK from Slovakia, already having worked with nice. the Slovakian FA um, and seeing the the UK um, as, as, as a very different beast to back home, but also again then going over to the US and and, and the size and the scale and the, the way that the whole industry there is managed again is a a, a real eye opener and so. You know, somebody with that background, already with some good experience in the industry, seeing things again and questioning the way that uh, them as an individual might fit into the industry in the future. And I think that's something that students also need to consider is where do they fit? Um, what are the skills that they require? What is the knowledge that they actually need? But also, how can they best um, improve themselves, having seen what they've seen, um, not everything that we can do on a on a, on a, um, a you know an international sport business management program can be taught. We can give experiences, we can give insight, we can provide case studies, we can see inside organisations in the UK. But when we're looking at um, business, some of those businesses in the US that are cutting edge, and certainly when we we begin to talk about the conference that we went over to, they're focusing down on uh, sports analytics. Then you know this is a new area, a developing area in the UK, and these guys at least have been exposed to that. Will have some uh, new knowledge that they can utilise, and that's a, a real benefit to, to them as an individual moving forward. Again, as they seek out positions in the sport industry, as I said, in the very, very near future, within the next uh, two to three months. I mean, Paul, one of the things I want to do, and, and you've touched upon it there and, and, and our conversation and, and, and the direction uh, of this radio show today will develop over the next uh, hour and the next 60 minutes and we'll get very much onto the, the heart of the, the trip itself with lots of uh, discussions around the conference and then around some of the extracurricular things that you've done whilst out there. But I just want to focus as I, as I can for the moment and I think it's very important this conversation and this connection that we're making on what students expect. You know, there's a lot of talk today about curriculum planning, you know, what is uh, an international program, as you've just touched on, at what level, perhaps, do master's level students need to attain and uh, uh, aspire to in terms of curriculum? And it can't all be taught, as you've rightly said. But I just wonder 
was there any discussion or what kind of uh, considerations were, were you or the students putting on when you talked to the students there and the kind of curriculum and the kind of programs that they follow and were, were there any kind of um, conversations around um, the, the kind of classroom activity the program activity that you know kinds of kind of provides for uh, a master's level program in sport management perspective and, and, and particularly the, um, the program at the University of South Florida um, they have an, an MBA in sport and entertainment management uh, and I think that component there within the title entertainment is something that um, we probably need to consider in the in the US sorry in the UK sport industry but um, students in particular thinking about um, there's a lot of conversation about Soccer, so mm. football in the UK, and, and 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 this was a key learning point for for those guys in the US who would who tried to um, try to get their head around how engaged um, the, uh, the, the 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 fan is in the UK, yeah. and, uh, and and one example that was used um, was around you know the the, the availability of al- alcohol in UK stadia, right. Uh, and that's not something that the, the, the you know US fans are are opposed to. So, um, but it takes away from the the real focus on the sport that's taking place on the pitch, whether that's baseball, basketball, or, or any other major sport. Okay. Um, and and therefore the engagement during the game with the the, the, the on field activity and the link between that and. Um, the fans that are actually there, and therefore, therefore the, the sort of um, development of the atmosphere and, and, and within the stadium is something that I think is of genuine interest to uh, to those guys in the US, and, and 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 therefore something that they can experience if they're in the in the UK at some point. So, so I think that was a that was a kind of key discussion point um, initially to to try and understand. Where there might be some similarities and some differences in in terms of sport and the experience of the sport and the engagement of the the audience as as something that uh, was an an, an initial discussion point because I think the, the guys in the US were really saying well you know people don't care about US sport they're, they're there for that broader experience yeah. eating food taking the drinks seeing the entertainment and sometimes the the action on the field is is, is kind of secondary and, and that's not really the same experience that we have in the UK so that was a key a key okay. talking point uh, throughout the week I mean, Paul, one of the things that I've often thought about, and we've touched upon it, I know, privately and, and, and in some cases professionally, I suppose, in conference agendas, etc. But I, I just wonder whether, if you looked and compared the two sets of students, I know it's an artificial uh, um, example maybe here because of um, yeah, the, the cohort that went out was, uh, was, was a small cohort and, and obviously the, the USF guys are 20 plus, but I just wonder in kind of uh, level for level, subject for subject, um, the kind of teaching and learning cultures and considerations. And I've got two thoughts that 
I know in America, if we talk to Bill Sutton, what is the key thing that sports management students need? He would probably say they need to sell. And sports and sports is about selling things and the salesmanship and the sales skill set, which we probably don't concentrate or focus or, you know, it's almost a taboo in academia maybe. I know from previous experiences, lots of um, course directors almost have frowned upon having a kind of sales module involved in an academic study program that might be a different debate and for another time and and also the consideration alongside that do we still see for example and using maybe soccer or football as the example sport as business you know because obviously clearly american programs and american practitioners definitely see sport as a big business and i just wonder whether there was any kind of barriers here or any kind of uh, discussions or considerations around those the, those two two key elements if you like as sport as business and sport the necessity to sell yeah i think where you can feel the commercial focus over in the us far more than you can in the uk but okay. um, and, and I think that comes through everything that they do. You know, I've got some examples that I, you know I can talk about uh, shortly. But you know, we were in the Amelie Arena, the twenty thousand seat um, hockey stadium yeah. in, uh, in Tampa, and you know you can feel where you know sponsors and names are positioned in the you know each of the different sections. There's there's upselling in terms of. Uh, the type of nature of seats and the, uh, the packages that are, that, are, that are sold to customers and, and these are sold at a premium price and yep. uh, uh, you know there are, there's, there's great focus on ensuring that um, you know each particular section of a, of a stadium is, 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 has got a you know a, a brand attached to it and so that's probably not something that we, we, we deal with in the same way in the UK but that, that certainly is an eye opener for the students they, 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 they you know they they made a, a you know quite a comment in and around that, and, and, and I think that that's something that they'll, they'll bring home and, and, and begin to identify um, in different locations, in different facilities in the UK, looking to see whether or not there's opportunity to sell, um, you know, commercial space effectively to to uh, to brands to put them in the front uh, front front of the customer. So. But they have seen that. I think that's a, a, a key tenet from a US perspective. It's, as you say, uh, it's not something that we particularly focus on in, in the UK, but maybe we should. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, uh, when we look at the Premier League, for example, and we see that it seems to be awash with money, all of that money, the pr predominant um, amount of money at the moment really is broadcast money. Um, but will that be there for, for the foreseeable future and therefore? the development of um, and continuation of other streams, particularly important. We've seen some of that uh, with the influence of uh, US ownership into Premier League football teams in particular, and that, that potentially will, will only continue, and therefore that commercial angle is something that uh, UK students will, will need to consider, and, and, and that'll be something that will be need, to, need to be put in front of them through academic programs in the first instance and, and, and then those principles taken forward uh, through other means. So, yeah, that, that's a key focus. I mean, Paul, before we get on to the, the main heart of our conversation today, and we'll, we'll, as you've just touched upon, you're going to talk about examples and the conference and, and some of the extracurricular things you do. But just to close on that, just read an announcement only today, in fact, and it's in another sport, uh, rugby, professional rugby, 
uh, and the one of, if not the top team here, Saracens, been put up for sale. The, the, the owners have pulled out, you know, and all that money that was flushed there or the success of uh, the Rugby World Cup, has it all been forgotten or has it been, you know, the, the opportunity is gone? And, and I kind of think sometimes, you know, if they'd concentrated on some or all of the other vital aspects, which you've just touched upon where American... Um, salespeople as much as anything in sports do consider all of the opportunities maybe just rugby has poured all the money into the match into the players into salaries and forgotten about everything else and of course now if somebody does pull that plug as, as they've had to you know how are they going to fill that void so maybe you've got just a little view on that Paul before we move the interview on sport it's got a very different different business model hasn't it so um, you know based upon a league structure and the sharing of um, you know commercial revenues and, and uh, there's, there isn't that um, emphasis on, on the relegation and promotion um, so, so it, in some ways it's it's more stable that allows for planning to the future and, 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 and therefore might not be this sort of uh, you know to and fro and potential catastrophe okay, in terms yeah. of uh, individual ownership, but again, you know, you know, we see, um, you know, the Premier League in particular has taken the, the lion's share of uh, commercial revenue, broadcast revenue in particular, uh, and that leaves much less for for other sports, and, and obviously that needs to be to be managed very very carefully. But when we've got individual ownership, then obviously, um, you know, there are, there are key performance indicators that they particularly want to try and achieve and whether or not uh, you know commercially they're as viable as, as they want to be then that's a question for those individual owners and therefore yeah. that's uh, you know dependent upon who comes in and, and how they want to run their individual business Let's move on then. Some great commentaries there, Paul. Really glad we've got to touch upon, you know, the student, the importance of student experiences and student curriculum, etc. This was a study trip, as we've outlined right at the beginning. And I think you probably want to talk about two aspects to, to the trip. Do you want to begin by maybe just looking at the, the core of one of the things that you were there for? Uh, and that was the, the analytics conference that I know is very successful and has been run by, I think the students probably put it on themselves. But tell us a little bit about the history of the conference and uh, some of the speakers and some of the programme that you attended in the conference while you were there, Paul. Okay, I think just before I start there, I just, yeah. to, uh, I just want to throw a few thank yous out, really. Okay, yeah. Most of the staff and the students studying the uh, Vinick Sport and Entertainment Management MBA at the University of South Florida, and so really got to thank uh, Dr. Bill Sutton, who's uh, the director there and, 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 and has been the key contact and, uh, you know, thankfully hosted us. Dr. Mike Mondello as well, who was uh, hosting the conference, as well as two of the key members of the staff, uh, Dr. Janelle Wells and Dr. Michelle Harrell, for their welcome and their great support throughout the trip. But also, in particular, two students um, on the first year of their programme, Coralie Presenti and Marcus Wingate, students of the programme, they're really fantastic in terms of their organisation and their guidance throughout the week, and quite frankly, we wouldn't have been able to, um, um, you know, uh, control ourselves <laughs> in, in, the, uh, in the environment that was uh, very sunny, very warm, um, um, huge spaces, uh, you know, just moving around there without people who, who know where they're going, just yeah. wouldn't have been possible. 
to all of those guys. I think really, if, if, if you don't mind, I'll probably just yeah. start by talking about the, the kind of activities that uh, we did outside of the conference. Absolutely. Now, at the conference, just, just because yeah. kind of the, the week kicked off by um, sitting in on uh, Dr. Bill Sutton's, one of Dr. Bill Sutton's lectures and... Uh, I mean, that, that was a great privilege of ours to do that, to um, to really think about the way that and see how, um, you know, those guys in the U.S. on their program are taught similarly or differently okay. to the way that we do it in the U.K. And, and, you know, there weren't that many differences, to be quite honest. Um, you know, very open, uh, a conversation taking place, and a theme running through the, the particular session. So this was a sports marketing class. It was really themed around differentiation, differentiation in the sports market and trying to stand out from the crowd through product innovation, through great customer service, uh, uh, or manipulation of the marketing mix to try and align um, with the requirements of the target audience. Okay. So Bill really put forward a, a kind of a, a great idea there, and, and, and the theme was through <laughs> what he termed um, the purple cow. Right. And the purple cow embodies just that need to be different in a very competitive sports marketplace. And really to begin to learn, to, to, to get the students to identify and therefore uh, learn through examples of best practice in any field of business. So whether that be Amazon or Apple or Southwest Airlines, all those examples were utilised by, by Dr. Bill throughout. So it was great to see the, the sort of desire of the University of South Florida students uh, to to get to grips with uh, the, the discussion taking place and also to hear from both myself and, and the students that were with me about soccer in the UK in particular and the sort of curious phenomena that, that uh, allows uh, EPL games to be sold out virtually every week. Yeah. Not something that uh, all of the games in the US uh, seem to seem to follow so we know that soccer in the in the in the USA is is growing there's great excitement there about the development and uh, there's great interest in that particular sport and I must admit that I'd forgotten about um, the links between the city of Tampa um, through the Tampa Bay Rowdies who are currently in the second tier of US soccer and they've actually got Joe Cole the ex-Chelsea player from them in uh, you, you'll probably remember. Uh, was was he still moving? Yeah, oh, I remember Rodney very well. Yeah, that's right. You probably remember the the American League at the time, Pelly yeah. playing for the yeah. New York Cosmos and George yeah. Best, the LA yeah. Aztecs. Brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, and so oh, um, we've now seen the, the you know the MLS come back into the spotlight over the last weekend with Zlatan and LA Galaxy and David Beckham making news in Miami and and therefore you know the MLS is a real disruptor uh, to the big four US sports yeah. and, and to begin to see that that, that that you know that's quite a quite a difference and you, you can begin to see the connections now more so between UK sport and US sport and, and, and that love of uh, football as they call it so that, that, was, that was great to see Paul, can I just hold you? 
Paul, can I just make a comment there? I don't want to take you off track, but very quickly. Uh, what kind of fans and what kind of crowds are being attracted to, 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 to these kind of games that you, you, you touch upon here in MLS terms at the moment? I think it's much more of a family audience. It's the younger audience. Um, and, and, you know, people who actually want to play the game as well. And... Um, you know, I'm just going to mention in a minute about the, um, okay. the University of South Florida um, campus and the sports facilities okay. that they've invested in, in in recent times. And, and believe it or not, not kind of the, almost the key to, or the key facility when you arrive at the campus um, to their athletics facilities, it is, is a soccer stadium. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, each of the individual sports that they have at their university has got specific and specialised facilities. It's got great administrative support to manage each of those individual sports. And as I say, it's quite a surprise to me that there's a 3,000-seat soccer stadium that seems to be um, front and centre of the USF Athletics. Um, great facility. And believe it or not, recently hosted a friendly game between the university men's team and Chicago Fire, so when the right. MLS team. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually the women's team at the university that's seen greatest success in recent times, and they're the ones who were challenging for honours in their um, American Athletic Conference team. So, so real focus on, on, mm. on participating in the game and, and obviously growing the audience from, from grassroots there and um, and stimulating uh, that audience as, as uh, is developing through uh, those MLS teams and, and lower division teams too. Yeah, just some of the other facilities, Alan, that I was sort of amazed by at the, at the university, you know, you've got back-to-back baseball and football <laughs> stadium, you know, and we've got all, I saw all the razzmatazz of a game when the, the USF team was playing against Stetson University on wow. the Blues. Uh, but I think this really whetted my appetite for um, for baseball and, and, and what was to come on Friday night. And okay. I'll just leave that one there for you for now, but uh, okay. come back to that one. Good. Yeah, I, I know you're familiar with the with the uh, the campus yeah. there as well. You know, the centrepiece is the Sundome. Yeah. And it's a 15,000 seat basketball arena and a, and a concert venue too. And it really takes your breath away when you're comparing that to um, to the facilities at the University of Worcester. We've got the University of Worcester Arena. It's a great facility, 2,000 seats. It's been voted the best uh, venue in the British Basketball League for the last three years. But college basketball in, in America is just on, on another planet compared to the UK, and, uh, and everything's geared up around that. So that was fantastic to see. Mm. Uh, and I think one surprise, um, there's no American football stadium on campus. No. Um, and 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 um, an addition to, to the current training facility is planned, and, and just a small sum of forty million dollars is going to be invested <laughs> into a, an indoor training facility. You know, we, we, we could only wish for these things. Yeah. Um, so instead of um, playing at the, the, the campus, the University of South Florida Bulls, they play at the Raymond James Stadium, and you might know about it. It's the home to the NFL team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, it's 65,000 seats and it's going to host the uh, Super Bowl in 2021. So when you imagine uh, as a university uh, American football player, you're actually playing at effectively a, a you know a Premier League round every yeah. week. What more could you want? I know. Amazing. 
Um, I think we, yeah, we also toured the, the Amelie Arena, which is a 20,000 seat venue. It's home to the Tampa Bay Light. Again, a great facility in downtown Tampa, right next to the river. And the owner of the Lightning is Jeff Minnick, who has sponsored the University of South Florida MBA Sport and Entertainment Program. And as we've led in previously, it's the, now the Vinick Sport and Entertainment uh, Management MBA. So investing in helping to develop uh, great students for the future, you know, the talent that's going to be coming through into the sports industry. And the Tampa Bay Lightning also provides... Um, residency places, so it's a, it's a second year, um, three days a week, the students are embedded completely within the organisation, undertaking real jobs, that um, often they actually are then employed uh, by the Lightning and, and other similar organisations locally after they've graduated. So you can, see, you can sort of feel the value for students by walking through that, um, you know, that sports facility and, and into the uh, administrative areas where they actually do their work, you can feel that that's a real fantastic learning environment for them. Thinking about the game day experience, thinking about, as we've suggested, you know, commercial sales in particular. So it's, it's really beneficial to them to their immediate future. But really, you know, the best was yet to come still for me. So not something that I thought about previously baseball um, and the, uh, the Tropicana field so it's a dome All right. 35,000 seat baseball stadium for Tampa Bay Rays and uh, we were lucky to, to, to go and watch the, the Rays play against the Boston Red Sox Wow! Um, absolutely fantastic to see them I've never enjoyed, I must admit, never enjoyed a live game in any sport so much what a surprise to me, baseball. Yeah. I'd, I'd never even thought about it, you know, in, in real terms previously. Such a quick turnover of innings. Um, there was only one home run, but the speed of the pitches was absolutely mesmerised. And uh, I was absolutely mesmerised. I think in some ways I'm hooked. And I think the Rays are my team. So uh, Great. There's, there's been some impact on me. So, you know, just in terms of summing up this, this kind of wider okay. experience yeah. outside of the... Uh, the conference itself, you know, really valuable, real appreciation of US sports from a, both a professional perspective and a student perspective. And, uh, you know, it's quite difficult to actually um, disassociate the two and, and, and see the difference between a professional uh, franchise facility and the University of South Florida facilities for, for students, which, which, is, which, which is amazing. So great to see behind the scenes. Uh, real customer-focused view and great experiences for me and for our, uh, the students to also bring back to the UK. I mean, Paul, one of the things I'd like to say before we move the conversation on again and maybe talk a little bit more about sport business and you are, you're now a broadcast. Um, 